Hello world, I'm Gerard Cunningham. This is the Freelance Forum Autumn 2022 podcast series. Over the years, the Freelance Forum has been made possible by support from the National Union of Journalists and the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland. The following episode is a recording made at the Autumn 2022 Freelance Forum live event held on Saturday the 1st of October at Grange Gorman Campus in the Technological University of Dublin. In this session, Fenula Croker spoke about the work of the European Parliament and opportunities for freelance journalists in covering those stories. I'm assuming no knowledge at all, but in very simple terms, uh, under the ordinary legislative procedure, most legislation in Brussels starts with a proposal from the Commission. So the Commission has exclusive um, powers of... uh, the word escapes me, but um, but initiative, the power of initiative is exclusively with the Commission. So it does the research, etc., identifies that there is a need for legislation in this area, and that proposal is then sent to the Council, where it needs to be adopted by the, by the Council on behalf of the governments, and also to the Parliament, where, it need, where it's adopted on behalf of the citizens. So... Um, so there are various key points that are deserving of more scrutiny. One of them is when the proposal is, is issued by the Commission. So it's worth uh, examining that. And because it's at that point, once the contents are clear, that, for example, um, citizens or, say, NGOs in Ireland can lobby either the government or MEPs to have changes made or to, to enact or adopt uh, a particular um, a particular line so the the council uh, one that can reject it outright adopt it as it is or enact amendments equally the parliament can adopt it as it is reject it or adopt amendments in practice the vast majority are adopted with amendments so um, so when it comes to the parliament it is scrutinised by the committee responsible. So, for example, the Committee on Environmental Affairs or the Committee on Economic and Monetary Affairs, the members of that, of that will scrutinise it and identify and uh, 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 debate it in public. Uh, their debates are available online, live, and they'll adopt amendments. And at that stage then, once then it moves, in very simple terms, it moves then to the full plenary session, which is 705 MEPs. So even members who aren't a member of that committee uh, can table amendments for adoption by the, by the rest of the parliament. <coughs> so uh, there is a vast amount. So all this information is all available online on the European Parliament website. Uh, so... The best place to start is, for example, press releases. So the press room, uh, which is very easy to find if you just look up the European Parliament Press, you come to the homepage, the press releases are there in front of you and they're searchable by date, by theme, um, by committee. You can subscribe to receive uh, press releases directly, uh, but specifically related to your area of interest, so you're not overwhelmed, um, but only those that are relevant. And those press releases will all contain links to the procedure file, which gives you an overview of the entire process and where we are in, in that process. So um, the procedure file will give you the details of when it was when the proposal was issued by the Commission, 
um, at what stage, whether it's been adopted by the council or not, whether it's been whether it's waiting for a committee hearing at the parliament or a plenary hearing. It'll also tell you the key um, the key players, the key pers people involved. So, for example, uh, there'll be a rapporteur. The Parliament, um, so I work for the Parliament, but the Parliament is the most interesting from the point of view of citizens because it's representing the view of the citizens. So the, the Parliament will appoint a rapporteur who is the author of the file. So they will take full responsibility, say, for carrying that through the Parliament. Um, they, they will be appointed from a political group uh, and then the shadow rapporteur, there'll be shadow, each group will appoint its own shadow rapporteur as well. So the, um, the rapporteur is the lead author and say they come from the EPP, the European People's Party, which is the party that Fine Gael are in, uh, the largest party in the parliament, then each of the other groups, say Renew, which Fine Fáil are in, um, the Socialists, the Greens, they'll all appoint a rapporteur who will monitor, who will follow that file as well, um, report back and then present the views of that group. So there can very often be tensions between the groups. Um, say, for example, that that uh, that would be very underreported here. But that's the point that really uh, that MEPs can be lobbied by citizens or by NGOs or by interested parties at all. Um, so as well as that, there uh, then the Parliament itself would produce a lot of background papers, so fact sheets, um, the EPRS, the European Parliament Research Service, issues, publishes, um, they're really for the benefit of members <laughs> and staff, but they're also public on the website, uh, research papers containing a, a lot of background about you know, the reason for this piece of legislation, where it comes from, uh, what, what, uh, what stimulated it and where we are in the process and any tensions as well, what the view, maybe the stand of the council is, which might differ from the parliaments and, uh, and maybe also outline what the different, the views of the different groups. Um, there then, so moving back to the, the parliament's website. So as well as the press releases and the research papers, uh, there's a multimedia centre which contains uh, high quality video, photographs, audio material, all of which is available to accompany a story. It's all free of charge, uh, freely available. All you have to do is acknowledge the, the author. Um, there are also infographics to accompany stories uh, in all languages, including English and Irish. Uh, and then Eurostat is, of course, is very useful for looking for facts and figures to accompany a story too. Um, I don't know if many people are audiovisual journalists here, <laughs> but uh, the Parliament in both Brussels and Strasbourg has available um, state-of-the-art radio studios that are available for uh, for for uh, for use. For you can book them um, free of charge. Or you can broadcast live, or you can record and then have the file sent to you. You can even book editing time in the editing suites. Uh, there are also state-of-the-art television studios available again to journalists, all free of charge, and again either broadcasting directly or or recording. Um, the uh, the only the only criterion is that you have at least one MEP present. So you could have any other experts or 
or or policy makers but as long as there's one MEP present you can book those those studios the parliament supports the work of journalists is uh, is by issuing invitations so the parliament sits once a month as you probably know in Strasbourg it's sitting next week as it happens um, and then it has occasional mini sessions in Brussels. So the the Parliament issues invitations to journalists to come and visit and see firsthand. Uh, you can watch the debates from the press gallery, arrange to meet with MEPs, uh, in particular say if there's a rapporteur that you're particularly interested in meeting, uh, sit down with them or invite them to the radio studio. Uh, there's also, I should mention too, camera crews who can be booked as well, free of charge. So you could go over your set, just, uh, just one single individual, go over, book a, ra book, a, book a camera crew, book a slot if it's a studio, or just a stand-up position to do a short interview. Um, so the Parliament issues invitations to go over during its plenary sessions in Strasbourg, uh, which are four days, but you don't need to say the entire four days, obviously. Uh, or invitations are also issued for committee meetings or or any other relevant meetings that take place in Brussels. If there's a particular event that you'd like to attend then uh, the Parliament can usually facilitate it. So we do have a quota but anyone who's we can generally facilitate anybody who's interested. Uh, the way that works is you would make your own travel arrangements and request a reimbursement and a per diem is also provided to cover accommodation and any other expenses. As well as, as individual visits we, our office sometimes organises, either ourselves or jointly with the Commission, uh, organised visits for journalists to, usually to Brussels, but also to Strasbourg. Uh, we have one coming up in November, for example, a joint visit with the Commission, where, the, where our invited journalists will spend one day at the Commission receiving background briefings. Um, and these will be on very topical events. We had one back in June, for example, where the issues were, uh, we had the, the the uh, senior officials working directly on the topics covering energy, um, the Ukraine, the situation of the Ukraine and what the EU is, what, what support the EU is providing. Uh, there was a talk with the commissioner, there was a talk with officials from our cabinet and so all that in the way of background um, and then we spend a day at the parliament where armed with the knowledge of having been received the day before, you can then discuss that with, with MEPs and get on the record statements or reactions. Uh, so, as I said, we've one coming up in November uh, for the plenary session on the 8th to the 10th of November uh, and one coming up in December to Strasbourg from the 12th to the 14th. And that's going to be focused largely on human rights so we'll put together, so for the organised visits, we look after the flights, we look after the accommodation and we put together an agenda for you. So the agenda will ideally cover kind of topical issues as well. So the, in December, the Parliament is going to be awarding its Sakharov Prize for Freedom of Thought. Uh, this, the winner is going to be announced at the end of this month and then the award ceremony will take place in December. And this is very likely, so th th those nominated at present are... Um, President Zelensky of Ukraine, also the people of Ukraine, uh, the journalist who was, the Arab journalist who was killed is also a nominee, but the likelihood, the thinking is that it's going to go to, to in the direction of the Ukraine one way or the other. So it's going to be quite a big event, we think, <laughs> and uh, we'll be taking over 15 journalists. Um, but you don't necessarily need to be interested in human rights affairs, the parliament, there'll be, there'll be all kinds of other things happening that week as well. 
so just to give you an example of what a plenary session looks like next week, uh, some of the key items on the agenda are uh, a common charger, a common charger for electronic devices that's going to be introduced that will apply throughout Europe. Uh, there is going to be uh, members of the Commission and uh, Jutta Borrell of the High Commissioner for, for External Affairs will be in the Parliament and discussing the uh, state of affairs in the Ukraine and the support provided by, by the EU. Uh, the suspension of funds, of EU funds to Hungary because of the breaches of the rule of law there. Um, the protests in Iran will be covered. There's an item on the agenda concerning uh, a health union, an EU health union, uh, also the mandate of the European Centre for Health for Diseases and for Disease Control, <laughs> uh, and also energy prices feature on the agenda as well. So the the unfortunately the the, unfortunately the, the, the actual agenda is only available with, rel with relatively short notice. Uh, we have an indication of what might be coming up, but we don't know for sure until maybe two weeks out, or even one week out. Um, but uh, that's what's on the that's what's on the agenda next week. So um, I'd be very happy to talk to you, talk to anybody who's interested in visiting the Parliament, either on, under your own steam or as a member of a group, uh, or if you would like any more information about where to get, where to find resources that you're looking for. Uh, so the, the, our office, I work for the European Parliament's Liaison Office in Dublin. So I'm based here in Dublin. There are two of us, two press offices here. Uh, we are based in Mount Street. Uh, upstairs from us is the Commission. There are also two press offices there. We work very closely together. So if you have any, any questions at all, uh, you can contact either office. Uh, also, the Parliament has in Brussels a press officer dedicated to each policy area. So... Um, so you are welcome to contact them directly. The details are all on the website on the press room of the European Parliament. Uh, and if you have specific questions, such as when is a vote coming up or, or a question about a particular amendment, say, you can contact them directly <coughs> or you can contact us in Dublin and we'll, we'll look for the, for the answer for you. So I don't know if there are any questions. If people are interested in going to these trips in November or December, do they just email you or do they phone the office? You can email me. So I don't have a business card, but my email address is on our website, europarl.ie, and look for our team. Um, you can, so we haven't formally sent out invitations yet, but if anybody is interested, then we'll certainly, then I'll take details and we'll certainly bear you in mind. I can, you can send me those details as well and I'll send out an email. Absolutely, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. So we're just putting uh, putting in place the arrangements at the moment, the flights and the hotels, uh, also for December. So if you're interested in that as well, you can let me know. And um, and we're always interested in new people. So if you're interested, if you're interested in going over, we'll find a way, one way or the other. Uh, also, we have coming up as well in Dublin uh, a lunch. A Christ it'll be in December. On the 16th of December, we'll be having a Christmas lunch with all. The four Dublin MEPs are invited. Three have already confirmed, uh, so they're going to talk a little bit about uh, about about their work. Just ten minutes each. There'll be questions and answers, and uh, they'll be focused. They'll be providing some reflections on on the first of January is the fiftieth anniversary of Ireland's accession to the EU. So some reflections of fifty years of EU membership, questions and answers. But it's, a, it's it'll be relatively informal and a way of meeting them and finding out what they're doing at the moment and obviously meeting other journalists too, it'll be a good networking opportunity.
and uh, again a limited number of places but if anyone's interested we, we can almost certainly accommodate you. So. Yeah, so in terms of like independent travel, like if you wanted to go over on your own, um, does that kind of work the same way? Email me and I will issue, yes, if you indicate then to me what the event is that you're interested in, if it's a plenary session, or we often have, for example, um, seminars. So on the 19th of October, there's a seminar taking place in Strasbourg during the plenary session uh, on media freedom. So safeguarding, it's entitled Safeguarding Media Freedom, what the EU... Um, uh, something about how the EU, uh, <laughs> what the EU is doing towards this. And uh, so invitations are open for that at the moment. If anybody's interested, you'd be very welcome to attend just the seminar or stay for the entire week and see how the plenary session works. Um, and there's, there is, is there grants kind of available for, you know, travel and music? Yeah. So, so what you would do for that uh, is you make your own tra you make your own uh, travel arrangements, book the flights, uh, the trains. But I can advise you by the best routes. Um, unfortunately, it's it's not as straightforward getting there now as it was pre-pandemic. Uh, you pay for that yourself, and that's fully reimbursed. And then there is a per diem of 180 euros per night that you stay there uh, to cover accommodation and all your other expenses. And uh, you can stay for up to three nights. Uh, in Brussels, it would be two nights. Kieran. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, it's very exciting. For one thing, everybody who's there in Strasbourg is there specifically to be at the Parliament. So, um, you know, it's it's where it's it's incredibly busy. It's quite it's quite exciting. There's meetings taking place everywhere. Everyone's in a rush. Everybody's trying to. Everybody's meeting each other. There's a real buzz. Um, but it is a great place uh, to, to make contacts. So the MEPs and their press officers are always delighted to meet the Irish journalists going over. Um, you know, there, there are then dinners organised where you meet other people. Um, yeah, I, 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 it's, it's good to have that uh, <laughs> confirmed. I might, might just come in on that as well. It's, it's a number of years since, since I was there. Um, at that stage, specifically the, um, the Parliament office uh, organised uh, for a regional newspaper journalist. I was a regional editor at the time. Um, and I think, Franny, one of the comments you made at the beginning was that um, it's a neglected area, and I think it is, and, and the neglect is in direct disproportion to the influence of the Parliament, which is growing. Uh, and I think we'll be talking later about you know, future journalism. I do think that for freelancers, it is an opportunity to carve out a niche, both in terms of the subject matter, but also in terms of contacts. I went over as editor of the Roscommon Champion, so naturally you're love-bombed by the local journalist, and it's up to yourself not to allow that to, which you can see them anytime. Uh, but I, uh, this is the only really name dropping, but as a result of that, Mark Killaday was the Pinnacol MP at the time. He said to me, Would you arrange to meet, would you like to meet John Hume? Now, I discovered subsequently the reason he wanted me to get John Hume was he had told John Hume to say nice things about him. 
um, <laughs> which is fine. As a result of that, I got an interview with John Hume, and John Hume said that he had arranged a dinner, and this goes back to what Huron is saying, with the late Barbara Castle, an extremely significant figure in British politics. So she joined us for dinner. So out of one thing, another thing comes along. You can go on the piss with your local MVP if you want, which you could do that in Dublin. But, but there, is a, a real, uh, there is a real opportunity uh, for, I mean, I think sometimes these chips are looked at as junkets, or, and, and, and occasionally they used to be. Uh, but actually, there is a real opportunity here, it seems to me, to look at potential for freelancers developing contacts. One of the reasons why mainstream news organisations don't come to Parliament is because they're not prepared, with the exception of the Irish Times in fairness, they're not prepared to invest in, yeah. in, in the editorial resource and the presence. So I would, I would encourage you to look at it and it might even be worth our while talking about whether we might organise some kind of a group visit at some stage that, that could well be a, a possibility. Right, well if you want to talk to me about that, yeah. well, we could certainly see, we could certainly work together on that. Um, but but yeah, I think I th I think especially for especially for freelance journalists, there is there's a wealth of information out there. You know, if you if you choose your um, what you want to focus on, the information is all there. It just needs to be brought together and analysed, um, and maybe you know controversial elements highlighted, or you know it's 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 you can get statements from MEPs, um, reactions from them. The material is there. Um, and I've just left, uh, you'll find at the door, uh, there's, there's a leaflet the problem produces, Reporting Made Easy, which lists all the resources available and the support, and also um, uh, a leaflet on Ireland's MEPs, which details what committees each of the Irish MEPs are on, in case you're interested in a particular area as well, you would look to the, look to the MEP on that committee for a comment, but also a local, also a local MEP as well. Uh, yeah, and also the breakdown of what, what group they're in, and um, for example, a, it's really a story in itself about the, the, the makeup of the group. So uh, I just briefly mentioned that Fine, Fine Gael are in the European People's Party, um, which are the largest group. The second largest group Ireland has no MEPs at all in. So that's um, a huge gap in terms of the influence uh, that Ireland has in the Parliament. And uh, then we have four MEPs in the left group, which has only 40 in total. So we have a very disproportionately high <coughs> representation on the left, um, just as a by the way and for your information. But you'll find there the, the details of the RGMPs, their groups and their, and their committees. Okay. Thank you very much. This has been a Freelance Forum podcast. The forum is brought to you by the Dublin Freelance Branch of the National Union of Journalists and made possible by network funding from the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland Sectoral Learning and Development Programme. Music from podsummit.com is released under a Creative Commons Zero license into the public domain. You can download the Freelance Forum podcast from Apple Podcasts, Pocket Cast and All Good Podcatcher apps and on SoundCloud. I'm Jared Cunningham. Thanks for listening. Take care and stay safe. <laughs>